Good morning and welcome to the Jesuit Institute Hour here on Radio Veritas. My name is Frances Correa and I'll be with you for the next hour as we explore some of the things going on in the world around us today. We're going to start off by having a chat with Father Rampechlopo from Cape Town and we'll be talking to him, as we often do, about this month's papal intention. And this month, the Pope has been asking us to pray about an end to the arms trade. And so we'll just be talking a little bit about why is this an important thing to be thinking about and why should we be praying about it? What does it mean for us and for our lives? And then we're going to be talking to Father Stephen Tully. Father Stephen is heading up a very exciting new project down in the Diocese of Durban. He is establishing a recovery center for people suffering from alcoholism or drug abuse. And we're going to just be talking to him about what's going on there, but also talking a little bit about what is abuse about? How does it happen? Who suffers from abuse? And and really, what are the consequences, the social consequences, uh, the individual, the personal consequences for it, and also what resources might there be in the country for people in different places? So we'll be looking at both of those two areas. And of course, as we're thinking about um, abuse and, and thinking about addiction, we'll just be reminding you that this July, the Jesuit Institute is offering a series of workshops around the country um, on abuse, on addiction, on dealing with addiction. And so if you're interested in that, you may want to have a look on our website and just see what's going on there. But they start early this July on the 6th of July. So we'll be looking at all of that. So now we're going to turn to chat to Father Rampe. Good morning, Father Rampe. Good morning, Francis. How, How are, are you? you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you this morning? I am well, thanks. Oh. It's cold, but I'm close. How is Cape Town? Uh, today the sun is coming out for a change, and uh, it's promising to be a little bit warmer than the previous few days, and you know, um, still recovering. Some people are still recovering from the storms, but otherwise, we are well. Oh, good. I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. That that sounds that sounds good. So, mm. we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Pope's prayer intention for this. Um, month, and that prayer intention is really praying around uh, the the arms trade. And I, I just happened to kind of just I just wanted to get a sense of how big that trade was. And Google thinks that the trade is estimated at more than sixty billion dollars a year. Um, the declared arms trade. So, and and then they say, and they don't know how big the illegal arms trade might be. But that that's huge. So, I just wondered, why is the Pope wanting us to think and pray about this, and and what are its implications for us in South Africa? Yeah, um, certainly. I uh, thank you for 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 this opportunity. Um, I think the the Pope and 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 he he says it. You know, if you watch this uh, the video on on that he put this month for for, for the intention. Mm. He says it's absurd uh, to negotiate for peace and, and to start talking about peace and justice. And then when on the other hand you are promoting or encouraging a, a arms trade. Mm. And, and it's, it's really a contradiction and probably hypocrisy, you know, because you, you cannot say let's talk peace, let's work towards peace. And then you promote the selling of arms that you know that they are going to end up killing people, mm-hmm. you know, and working against the peace that you say you are negotiating for. So 
and when when you look at at the problem of um, of of uh, arms trade, it's it's a huge problem which I think uh, it's one of the most important elements that it has a negative impact on human development. Mm-hmm. You will remember a, 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 a few a few months ago when we spoke about my experiences in South Sudan, yeah. where there were arms that end up in in the, in, in the hands of children. And it changes the attitude and their view of life and their view of humanity. And you end up with what one could label as monsters instead of human beings. Mm. You know? So mm. it, it, it's one negative impact that we, we can look at. Mm. But again, when you mentioned the, the figures now, uh, uh, $60 billion, uh, uh, $60 billion, it goes to arms trade. Mm. I mean, if, imagine, can you imagine if it went to human development in uh, areas of education and alleviating poverty and building uh, capacity. I think more than half of the problems that we have in, uh, at the moment, we wouldn't be having them if all that money went into those areas of, of human development. So it, it does have a negative impact uh, in that sense. Hmm. You know, you say that, Rampe, and I, I just remember... It's an American joke, and we know that the Americans spend an enormous amount of their budget on um, the arms trade. But I, I, I saw a bumper sticker once, and it was American, and it said, I will know the country takes education seriously when the Air Force has to hold a bake sale to buy another plane. Yeah. And that, yeah. that kind of twist of, you know, we're always having bake sales at schools to buy books or build libraries and it doesn't matter where in the world you are that seems to be a reality that, that, that there yeah. could always be more money for education and schools are always desperately trying to raise it exactly yeah and and you know we, if, if, we, if we come closer to home now again South Africa I mean you look at our our budget uh, you mm-hmm. know I mean the amount of money that we spend in, 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 in buying arms or you know all, all in in in, in in, in that, uh, we take arguments like, you know, we need to protect ourselves. We, hmm. Areas like social development, like uh, education, they suffer because lots and lots of money goes into this uh, defense budget and all that. And in the end, we, we, we end up having a situation where the country is suffering in that we don't have people who are we don't have capacity, we don't have people who are trained in all the critical skills that we need for our country to flourish. Hmm. Uh, and if we were to spend the money that we spend in, 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 the, in, in uh, arms, mm-hmm. we, would be, we would be a better country, I think. I, I, I think. But for me, the, the concern, I think, is it's of uh, the question of solidarity as well and, and common good. Mm-hmm. It, it's also important because these arms trade, these arms, arms trade, as I said earlier on, like with, with, with the arms ending up in, in hands of children and all, you look at Africa at the moment, mm-hmm. look at what's happening in DRC, mm-hmm. especially in the eastern part of DRC, mm-hmm. all that uh, instability in that area, it's because there are lots and lots of arms going around in that area and people killing each other. And women have been raped by these militias and all that, because of these arms, arms trade. Hmm. And at some point, I think it was just over 10 years ago in, in, in Africa, 
another or civil war. Yeah. And that's because there are lots of arms going around and, and this illegal arms trade or even legal one, uh, legal arms trade, it's not good for humanity, it's not good for us. Yeah. And so we're looking at, I mean, I mean, the thing that really strikes me as you're talking is is the awareness that when when people have access to to guns to weapons there is there comes a real possibility of an increase in conflict and and we see that on our continent you know if if there were no guns on the continent the continent would probably look quite different um and even mm-hmm. just that that kind of um you know, I'm, I, I don't know that I've thought it out clearly, but I am very conscious of the reality that the person who holds a gun feels as though they have more power than the other person. And, and I think you, you, you talked about that a bit when you talked about encountering that child soldier in Sudan. There was, there was a real sense of he felt he had power because he had a weapon. That is true. And, and that's what I'm saying. You know, it, it affects a person's attitude and a person's uh, perception of, of life and the way they relate with others. So mm-hmm. it takes away the humanity that we are supposed to be having, and it, negative, it has a negative impact on, on human relations. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, you just have to look at the, the problems that we have of crime here in South Africa today. All these guns and arms that are used to hijack people, to rob people, the person who's holding a gun, you know, he feels that he has the power to do anything to you that he wants. You know, mm. uh, you are basically at his mercy, and and that is a problem. Mm. So, it, you, it, you're no longer dealing with a with a with a human being. There, you are dealing with what I think would qualify to be a monster. There's something no. about. I mean, there's something. What you're saying is very interesting. There's something dehumanizing. That, that, and and it's kind of it's the the opposite of how it's often portrayed in the media. That you know often the victims are portrayed as the one whose dignity has been diminished. But what you're saying is actually the other way around. That the aggressor is the one who has lost their human dignity. Indeed, indeed. Because I mean, as as human beings, I mean, a, a human being cannot deliberately inflict pain on another person, or even worse, kill another person. Mm. That is not a human being. See? So that humanness in, in the person, basically it has been taken away. So it, it's just more than a, a problem of rents and cents, if I may put it that way. Mm. There's a deeper problem in, 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 in this whole business of arm, arm trade. You know? and so, and and we can look at the people who are involved in this, in, in, in arms trade themselves, who make money out of it, who make a living out of it, mm-hmm. basically. They are making money out of, firstly, death of others, and secondly, and dehumanization of others. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I mean, I wonder how one goes into business with these things. Oh, uh, their conscience, is it, is it that day that they don't realize that this is what is happening? human beings uh, with, with regards to the business that they are involved in. So it, it's, a, it's a bigger challenge. It's, it's, 
moral challenge, it's an ethical challenge. And I think the Pope, by asking us to, to pray for this and to, to, to pray for the national leaders that they may, they may commit themselves to ending this arms race, I think it, 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 it's, a, it's a huge problem. And when you start unpacking it, you see several challenges uh, that really, really just break the need to be prayed for. Wow. That's, um, it's, it's very interesting what you're saying, Rampe. What I'm, I'm conscious of is that, yeah, I- exactly that. As you start to unpack it, you realize that there's just more and more and more, and, and, and there's a kind of, the tentacles of it reach into everywhere. And I can, you know, in the back of my mind, I can hear, I can also hear, um, I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a moment, but, you know, people saying, oh, but we need to be able to defend ourselves, or what about just war theory? Can you just, just for a moment, just touch into some of those other voices that are also there in the debate, um, in kind of the ethics of the debate? Well, it's true that one has to defend oneself, but does one have to kill? Mm. I I think that's... I mean, our 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 faith, our our our, our mm. uh, Christian values, they 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 did not encourage killing. In fact, I mean, encourage killing, and that's why I'm I'm saying, you know, what's happening to the conscience of those who go into this business, knowing that whatever I'm selling, it may end up killing another person. Mm. You know, it may end up dehumanizing another human being. Yeah. And, and it's very interesting to me that the kinds of weapons we, we produce are designed to kill. That they're not designed to, for instance, just incapacitate for a moment, but they yes. are designed to kill. That's, that, that is true, and, and that, that's where the problem lies. And, and of course, then, I think it, 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 it's an ethical and moral issue. And there's, there's a tension there, Francis, uh, and... To be honest with you, I, I don't have the answer, but we are challenged. But what, what we know is that we are not supposed to kill, but we know for sure. You know? Mm. And uh, so the, the whole thing of the conscience, I think we need to work on people's conscience about these things, especially our, our national leaders. You know? uh, 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 how, can, how can we, 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 we combat this? You know? mm. Honestly, I cannot say I have the answer to that, mm. but the issues are out there. Yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting, Rampe. I just I have an anecdote to kind of end this with that I've been thinking about for a bit. But um, I have I was recently at someone's birthday, and they were of an age that they had been involved in the border wars uh, mm. back in the eighties. And there were some guys there, and I realized as I talked to them that these were men who were suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. It was, it was very interesting. They kind of, they got into, they had all been up on the border together. They were reminiscing about what had happened back in the 80s um, in Angola. And it became very apparent to me. There were just, there were, there were some fairly obvious clues, like the one guy had a twitch um, and there was come some laughing about him still having the twitch, and it, it was clearly a, a post-traumatic stress disorder twitch, which he's clearly lived with for his whole life. Life, yeah. And I was looking at these guys, listening to them, listening to a lot of the unresolved pain they were living with, and 
I was thinking about some of the people, and I know you know one of them, um, I know who were conscientious objectors and who back in that time were imprisoned or, you know, I know someone who was put in an insane asylum because they refused to bear arms in that war and who today are absolutely fine. I mean, at the time, their stance was the more difficult one. And it seemed they suffered more. But I was really struck by the contrast that now, when you look at these men kind of 30, 40 years later, the ones who are integrated, who don't, I mean, that was a horrible thing that happened to them in their youth, but it's it's in the past. It's not in the present. I was really struck by, and I think it's the first time I've really had an encounter like that that was so stark, where I saw the long-term consequences on soldiers. Yes who are still living with the trauma that they both experienced and handed out. Indeed. And yeah, actually, I did think about that particular person that you are referring to. And I mean, you see, you need, sometimes you need courageous people like that to take a stand and say, you know, this cannot happen. But I think, uh, you know, I think one thing that I wanted to mention on this arms trade is, I mean, the, the, the prayer intention comes in the month in which uh, we, we celebrate World Refugee Day just two days ago. Uh-huh. We celebrated Day. Yeah. And when you look at a large, a huge chunk of those refugees, they have been displaced because mm. of these arms that are freely flowing around all over the world. Mm. You know, it's, it, you, one would say this is the root cause of their displacement. Imagine if there were no arms, let's say in Syria, for example, yeah. in, in or um, uh, all those AK-47s going around in the continent, in DRC, in South Sudan, in, in, in Darfur, in the Central African Republic. How many people would still be saying would still be at home as we speak today? Many people wouldn't be having this what this refugee crisis as it has been la- labeled today, you know, mm. and it's precisely because of these arms. Is unstrained that people have been displaced, people's lives have been changed. So that's another aspect again of you know this unstrained that we need to look into. You know. so, so there's there's not yeah. only the moment of violence, but there there are all of these consequences. Refugees being an, a very obvious, a very very obvious consequence. Yeah. So so over 65 million people in the world have been displaced. Oh. You know. And one, arguably, because of this constraint, whether legal or illegal. Yeah. So, we are standing with a big challenge. And I think the Pope chose the right prayer intention, I think, uh, uh, for, for this month <coughs> to, to pray for this, uh, the ending of the constraint. Well, yeah. we encourage everyone to join the Pope in this prayer. And thank you very much, Father Rampe, for sharing your wisdom and insight with us today. Thank you very much, Francis, and God bless. God bless.